A successful retirement plan begins with assembling the right set of tools. Finding the proper ones for the job will allow you to drill down on your goals and nail down your future. Scott Searles, certified wealth strategist and owner of Skybox Financial Group, constructs retirement plans for clients every day and will share that knowledge and insight with you. It's time to open the retirement toolbox and get to work. Great show on the way today. Welcome to the Retirement Toolbox. We're going to be talking about the top five 401k mistakes that you need to avoid to have a successful retirement. Walter Sorholt here alongside Scott Searles, financial advisor and president of Skybox Financial Group, serving you throughout the greater Cleveland area and also with an office in Bradenton, Florida. You can find us online at skyboxfinancialgroup.com. Scott, you ready for another good one today? I am always ready to do a podcast, Walter. Well, why do I even ask that? You wouldn't be here if you weren't ready, you know? I enjoy it. You showed up with bells on. That's right. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, let's dive in. Uh, we're going to not only talk about these 401k mistakes, I want to also mention that, hey, Frank, your question has made it to the show. At the end, we're going to talk about Frank's question, and uh, he's going to be grandparents, he and his wife, for the first time in their lives and it's coming right as they're thinking about retiring and so some complications along with that question so that should be fun to tackle frank's question a little bit later on and we're going to ask scott about pet peeves on today's show too so that should Mm. be a little fun as well uh but let's dive into the main topic of the day scott and it's a it's a nice straightforward one five 401k mistakes that we need to avoid you know saving into your 401k can be pretty easy and painless hey right out of your paycheck straight into the account not too terribly difficult to figure that part of the equation out. But because it's so easy and painless for the grand scheme of things, it can also be easy to ignore for long periods of time. And that can lead to mistakes. And so we're going to cover the top five we see, at least five. So number one, Scott, in this list that we've come up with, is leaving money invested in a former employer's 401k instead of rolling it over to an IRA. I'm sure this happens all the time, doesn't it? Well, yeah, it's like you said, just like saving the money, it's super easy. Just uh, kind of forget about it. Hey, I don't know how many people have come in to see me and they'll have, you know, three or four former 401ks floating out there that they don't even know how to log into or get access to it. And that's just part of the problem is that, you know, if you don't work there anymore and you're not paying attention to it, you know, not only does the asset management aspect lag in there, but also, you sometimes lose access to it and it becomes that much more difficult. But the primary reason why you should look at rolling over your 401k when you leave to an IRA is simply just the diversification of the investment options. Usually in a 401k plan, you know, they're going to have a set amount of different investment choices and you know, they're going to be geared towards accumulation, which is okay when you're younger. But if you're getting close to retire and you lose a job, you, you rolling over to an IRA is going to give you so many more different investment choices. You can work with a professional, get an asset allocation, get investments that are going to be tailored just for you, and ultimately ending up making as, you know, the best decisions with that money, better ones than you could by simply just having the investments in the 401k plan. 
That's a great point. I remember leaving those investments behind at an employer once as well, and then just uh, yeah, just it was just easier to get it back under a different umbrella and under something mm-hmm. that you can manage a little bit easier. E- even if you took out all of the other advantages, just being able to access it easier and you know not having it left behind and, and rolling it into something that maybe you're logging into or checking more often, or you're just having that little extra control was just uh, a reason to do it above anything else, which was nice. There's no reason to overcomplicate your life. Just yeah. simply consolidating stuff together uh, you know, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, good point. All right, another five, uh, top five 401k mistake to avoid would be failing to rebalance often enough. There's a lot to that short little statement. What's rebalance? What does failing to rebalance mean? And then what's mm-hmm. often enough defined as? Right, so rebalancing is basically when you set up your initial allocation. Let's say you want to have 10% in a small cap growth fund, you know, 20% in a large cap growth fund, 20% in bonds, so on and so forth. You set up that initial allocation. Well, what's going to happen over time is that each of those asset classes, whether it's small cap, large cap, or bonds, are going to perform differently. Maybe the large cap stocks do really well and they outperform everything else. Well, now all of a sudden, your portfolio has a larger percentage of large cap stocks in there, thus making your whole portfolio riskier than what you initially had intended it to be when you developed that first asset allocation. So rebalancing it, and we recommend that you rebalance quarterly, what happens is you take some of that large cap and spread it out among the other asset classes that didn't perform so well so that you keep your same risk level. The other advantage of that also is that sometimes these different sectors are going to move cyclical. They're not going to always move together. So if you get, let's say, small cap didn't perform like you thought, if you rebalance and you move some of that large back to the small, then when the small does good and the large doesn't do quite as good, you have you know the appropriate percentage in there. So rebalancing is super important to make sure you keep that risk level because if you never rebalance, ultimately your portfolio ends up getting a lot more risky. Then if the market crashes or things go down, you're going to really feel pain because your portfolio is a lot riskier than you originally intended it to be. Love it. That's really helpful, Scott. And uh, just why you need to rebalance what that is. That that's a hard thing to go about on your own for sure. So uh, make sure that that's part of your plan. That's something that you're doing because if you're not rebalancing, that can be a big 401k mistake. All right, here's another one: sticking all of your money in a target date fund and assuming that your account is now customized to your needs. Uh oh, Scott, I'm almost raising my hand a little bit on this one. <laughs> well, you know what, Walter? I think that it's very easy for people to just pick those target date funds. And for those that don't know exactly what a target date fund is, there'll be a mutual fund. It's actually a mutual fund made up of other mutual funds inside of it. So you can think of you're buying a whole portfolio, but it's it has a date associated with it. Maybe it's 2025, 2030, 2035, 2040, whatever it would be. And you're supposed to pick the target date fund that is closest to when you're going to retire. So if you're 50 years old and you're going to retire at 65 and it's 2023, you know, you probably would want to get a, you know, 2040 kind of fund. Okay. So that would be closest to when you're going to retire. 
The problem is with that is that it is just a cookie cutter approach. They don't change the allocation in most cases. It's not customized for you. Everybody that is your same age gets the same fund. And a lot of the times the fees are higher than you realize because they're funds of funds. So there's fees for the fund you're buying. And then there's also fees for the underlying funds that are inside the one you bought. So sometimes they tend to be a little bit more expensive and, you know, they're not horribly bad. It's better than sticking it in the money market, but it's certainly not a customized approach. And you can do so much better for yourself by simply uh, working with somebody to help develop that allocation for you and then rebalance it. Okay, very good. That's another one to uh, add to the list of 401k mistakes to avoid. On to number four, assuming that the 401k plan views you as the client. Interestingly, you're not. Your employer is really the client. That one would, I would imagine, throw a few people for a loop. Yeah, no, and it's very, very true because, you know, the companies that sell and place these 401k plans are going to sell it to the employer. And the reality is, is that they are designed in a lot of cases to cover the employee's rear end. I mean, the employer's rear, rear end. So, you know, sometimes they're, they don't have a lot of the features because the employer doesn't want to pay for them, or maybe they don't have a lot of the, the different uh, investments in there because the employer thinks it's might too risky and they don't want to take those chances. So you being the employee are not the ultimate, you know, customer of the 401k plan. They, they provide the 401k plan. Sometimes they do the matching. But, you know, if the employer decides, you know, it's not working, they just switch it out. They change it. You, you really don't have control and you really aren't the end client in this situation. That's a great point. Yeah. Kind of like uh, just, just knowing who, who, who's, who's kind of priority number one, right? And mm -hmm. that might be a case where you aren't necessarily priority number one. And so make sure that the, areas that you're getting advice from, you have that perspective. It's really helpful. All right, last but not least, the word assuming has come up a couple of times, and it will one more here in mistake number five to avoid. Assuming that your fees and your costs are minimal since you never see them on your statement. I have seen some super expensive 401k plans that you would be shocked on how much the fees are internally in there. You could work for a financial advisor and have a model designed and pay a lot less money than the fees inside those 401k plans because a lot of them are, are hidden. Some you're going to see in your statement. Maybe there's an advisory fee or something that is going to come off on top of the statement. You'll see that. But the majority of them are going to be hidden fees that are going to be inside those mutual funds. And a lot of the times, especially smaller plans, have less bargaining power and they've got a lot higher fees in there to provide that 401k. So don't assume that that 401k is going to be super cheap investment option for you because a lot of the, you know, a lot of the times they're not. I really appreciate the perspective here. Just interested. You see a lot of 401ks come through the door. You see a lot of mistakes getting made. This was our top five list. Any other bonus mistakes you would throw in here that we should be aware of? Yeah, I I, I would have a few. I, I would say number one in a 401k plan is not saving enough money. Oh, uh, okay. that, that, that is 
is a mistake people do too. Maybe they're just kind of getting along with the 3% to take the match, but they never take the time to see how much they actually should be saving. And maybe they should be saving 7 8% in their 401k plan. So that's one that comes to mind. Uh, the other one too is not taking advantage of the in-service rollover when you become 59 and a half. Once you get age 59 and a half, you can roll over that money out of your 401k plan while you are still working. And this is a majority of plans you can do this. I have to put a little disclosure in there and then get some professional management in there for the, you know, and roll it over to an IRA and get somebody to help you get some professional management, get a well-balanced portfolio that's suited just for you. So that works good because just like I said before, 401ks are tailored towards the accumulation phase in your life. But when you get close to retirement, the investment choices just aren't in there to work well for you. So doing that in-service rollover will allow you to get a portfolio then that's going to be more suited exactly towards your goals. And then that also kind of, if if you're under 59 and a half and you can't do that in-service rollover, you know, there's different programs I know that we do that allow us to go in your 401k inside something called a, a self-directed account inside there and manage that portfolio for you. And we do that for a lot of people. So, you know, other things just to think about. Lots of things to keep on uh, on the mindset as you invest in your 401k, uh, but great thing to do. Certainly save for retirement, save as much as you can, but just make sure you don't make some of these mistakes. Some of them simpler, some of them more complex, but just try to avoid making these uh, common mistakes in your 401k plan and you'll be in great shape moving forward in your financial life. So there you have it. Um, if you have any questions about this, don't hesitate to reach out to Scott. You can reach him at 888-742-0111 or go online to talktoscott.com. That's talktoscott.com and schedule your free consultation that way. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get our getting to know you question in for the week. And this one comes to us uh, from me because I think it's funny. What's your weirdest pet peeve, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have a lot of pet peeves, but I would say my weirdest one is something that's work related. And okay. uh, Laura, my assistant, I I know I aggravate the heck out of her, but when when things are entered like things I need to do or things are entered in the system, I like to have every word have a capital letter on it. I just think it looks neat and clean, you know, maybe not like in or stuff like that or two, but, you know, the sentence, if she writes a sentence in there saying, you know, notify CPA of Roth conversion, I would have the notify capitalized, obviously CPA, and then Roth and conversion, it, it just, it looks neater and clean. And it's just one of those things that bother me if I look at it and it's all typed in lowercase, even though that, I don't know if it doesn't matter. Okay. It just bugs me. I told you it's weird. You're befuddled right now. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm, I'm with you. I like that. Yeah. Case, just, casing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Proper. Yeah. And especially when you write a sentence. That's why you and I aren't great texters, right? Like that must be, that must translate from our previous show. And we were talking about how we're not great at like texting people. It's just the informality of it is grading. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm down with you. I like that. Uh, I, I would say my pet peeve would be uh, more personal. It's like lip, lip smacking. Like, 
when someone's eating and you can just hear them eating like, you know, just something like just like a piece of fruit and it's just really smacking. Oh, it just makes oh, me want to jump yeah. off, of, jump out the window. <laughs> I don't know why. There's just certain we, certain styles of eating that make me just want to just you know leave the vicinity immediately. Yeah, well, I I, I can totally I can totally get that too. There, there's a I family mean, member that unfortunately I don't have the option of leaving. I'm not talking about Connie, not not, okay. not her, but another family member. That, <laughs> <clears throat> I just, I'm just gonna have to live with it for the next, you know, 30 years or something like that. So. <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> well, there you go. I get that. I, I'm not, I won't say anymore. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't. Oh man. All right, uh, let's move on to our listener question, and we've got a really good one this week from Frank. Let's do it. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, so Frank says, I'm already retired and had planned on my wife working another three years because she's younger than me, not because I'm a tyrant, <laughs> but we just found out that we're about to be grandparents for the first time, so she wants to retire this year to help take care of the baby. How do I convince her that this is a bad idea? <laughs> <laughs> Frank, you're killing me here. I love this question. <laughs> oh, Frank. Well, you know, so obviously... I don't know whether it's a bad idea or not. And, and the fact that I know you've got a plan here where you want her to continue to work for those next three years, but you might want to maybe consider, you know, working with talking to somebody to see if indeed your wife could retire if she wants to. Remember, happy wife, happy life. And financially, if it makes sense, it's something maybe you might want to consider. If financially it doesn't, that would be the convincing that you may need, in this case, Frank, to have her to work another three years or another one or two years, whatever the case may be. So, uh, yeah, that's a little bit of a loaded question. And uh, But I, I think just seeing somebody getting the answers there and then you know, that will give you the ammunition to make that decision one way or another. Uh, on whether she can spend time raising her grandbaby or continue to go and work for the next three years. And financially, if she can leave now, then you, you, you guys need to make that decision on what works best for you guys. Okay, very good. Great question, Frank. Appreciate that one. You know, our previous episode was about the financial therapist. It sounds like this would be another category we could have added to that show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I went a little bit into that mode there. Yeah, you know? yeah, you did. But, but, but that's probably a, a, a common, like a more common thing than we think about couples who are slightly different ages. And then that debate of do we retire at the same time? Does one retire first before the other? My, my parents are in that category. They're not separated by that many years. But, uh, you know, dad's just turned 62 mom and, and the retirement date is all set off of mom getting to 65 later mm -hmm. this year. And then dad's going to be in retiring, you know, a little earlier, but he is of right. 62 age now. So that's all sort of related to that. Um, so it's kind of, kind of interesting to see different people navigate, but they, they, for a long time have always wanted to retire at the same time, or at least very close together. So. Well, I, I love Frank's question, though, because yeah. he says in the beginning that he's not a tyrant because he's setting end, he's like, it up. How do I manipulate her? How do I to... manipulate her? He was totally setting it up. Good <laughs> job, Frank. 
was. <laughs> we saw right through it, though, bud. Yeah, so, we did. It's good, oh, though, fantastic. Frank. Uh, we love getting questions like this. You can have conversations like this about your about your life, what you're going through, what your financial goals are, how you want to construct your retirement, see what the possibilities are, and talk through all of it with Scott with a good sense of humor along the way as well, hopefully. Uh, if you want to talk to him a little bit about what you're going through, don't hesitate to reach out. 888-742-0111 is the number. Or, hey, right now, just go to talktoscott.com, talktoscott.com, and uh, that's a great way to go through and schedule a time to meet for a free consultation as well. Scott, thank you for all the help. Appreciate it on this episode, and we'll talk with you again soon. Always always a great time, Walter. Thank you. We appreciate it. For Scott, I'm Walter. We'll see you next time on the Retirement Toolbox. Go Cavs. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.